Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. Hello, everybody. Um, how are you? This is Ema. I, I am your host today for the Mind Twist. I'm having a little um, internet difficulty with the promo for the Mind Twist. So there was a pause there, and it's still trying to um, turn itself. So I apologize for that, but the internet is I'm having a little difficulty with um that first promo but we got the first promo off the ground there it is welcome to the mind twist a conspiracy theory radio show where we bring you some of the world's most controversial thought-provoking and unresolved conspiracy theories we cut through the red tape and take a closer look at the paradoxes evidences and history the harder it is to believe the more intriguing it becomes Let's unravel the evidence together and find what's concealed in the world's most disputed conspiracies and get to the truth, or will we? And now, get ready to have your mind twisted on Mind Twist Conspiracy Theory Radio. Well, there you go. So it came in late, but there it is. And I apologize for that. Um... Once again, a little technical difficulty, uh, but I want to get right to, and I am not with a with my co-host today, which is Donna Lyons, which I'm sure if she's listening, she's laughing a lot, and about the little um, mishap that just happened, um, and she is off, uh, just taking this time off right now with some family, so if you're listening out there, Donna, it, you know... <laughs> Uh, just a little mishap with the plane of the intro. But anyways, uh, let's get to the subject today. Um, and thank you for tuning in, by the way. Uh, once again, my name is Ema Sumac Watkins, and I am here on this show that I have a lot of fun with. And it's also a show that helps me learn much more um, on the subjects. For instance, this subject that uh, we're going to talk about, the Bimini Wall, um, I had been following it for many years and I had, you know, read a lot of things about it. And of course, I read um, Edgar Casey and I read some of, and I read the uh, Edgar Casey Atlantis book so many years ago. But it not only did it refresh my memory doing this research on this, but it also just took me down a road that some new discoveries that are very, very exciting. And I want to get right to it because this is a, um, you know, uh, this is a, like a 30 minute show. So anyways, let's just start off by saying that Minami Island is 60 miles 
uh, east of Florida. It's in the Bahamas. And the Bimini Wall is 15 feet underwater. So it, you can, it, it, it can be seen. You know, you can, you know, ride out there and you can actually see this wall out there. Um, and this wall is, of course, you know, just it can be seen and the stones are cut to perfection and they're laid in into formation that resembles the walls um, of the walls in Machu Picchu, uh, also the walls in Central America in the Mayan um, ruins. And so there, it's that kind of perfection, okay, that it's all very inlaid, very, very strict, you know, everything is strategically laid out. So it's not uh, like if a whole bunch of rocks came together. This, these are cut, they're square, and there's a so many pictures on the internet about them and you can take a look at them. They're amazing. If you're tuning into this, you probably already know about some of this already. So now let's get to the connection with Atlantis. Now, the first of all, the first person, as everybody knows, who even talked about Atlantis was Plato. And he, he went into describing it in a whole city and where it laid out and what it, what they did and that they had um, the Atlanteans were very powerful. Uh, they used crystals to charge them and to, um, you know, use them as weapons. They used them as, as for healing. They, they had so many different, um, you know, he had a whole array of, there's a whole, or, you know, you can go and research it about what what Atlantis was. And he even laid out a whole, you know, a, a description of the way that it looks. Now, it starts there. And, of course, throughout the centuries, people have, you know, created stories about it. They've used that information to create, you know, fantasies and myths. And so, the you know, centuries go by. Um, and... I want to bring us up to Edgar Casey because there's so much about this. It's it's unbelievable the the information that has to do with this particular area. So we fast forward to the 1890s where Edgar Casey, as people know, is probably one of the most famous psychic mediums there is. American mediums, by the way. Um, and he was called the Sleeping Prophet and. Basically, the 1890s, he starts to do these readings called health readings, and he goes uh, he goes into a trance, and it was a self. At first, he, you know, he was hypnotized, and he started to realize that this is what he could do. But he started to self-trance himself, so to speak. He learned how to do that, and he basically started to give information to people who were sick and help them um, find what was problem, what was the problems. And you have to remember as well that this is during the time that they were not as advanced as we are medically. Okay. So he would, you know, give out recipes for tinctures. He would give out recipes for certain types of foods that they would have to eat. They would tell, he would tell them what they, what was going on with them. So he just became very famous, very fast. And a group of doctors came out and tested him and tested him and tested him and ended up writing out articles after articles in, in the New York times and also in medical books. 
Okay. So this is going on and, you know, he moves around a couple of times and he's still very famous. He, you know, everybody comes to him and he's now become this regular person that everybody goes to. Well, right around 19, the 1920s, his readings start to take a turn. Okay. Um, he starts to talk about ancient civilizations which has not had been talked about before. Um, he starts to talk about the uh, Atlantis, Lumeria. He starts to talk about, um, you know, other ancient civilizations like the Sumerians. I mean, he just starts to go into a lot of things. And, there, and of course, people start to ask more questions, right? Uh, there's a group, there, were, there was a group of, of um, investors who wanted to find out if there was oil, you know, in in the Caribbean, in that area, in the Bahamas, and also um, gold. And so, of course, he starts to tell them, you know, what they need to know. But in the interim, he starts telling them about Atlantis. He starts to talk to them about, um, you know, where to find these, you know, these uh, structures and where to find, you know, um, these buildings and these parts of cities. And so what he starts to tell them is that there is, um, towers that are related to Atlantis. In other words, if there are different halls of records and uh, and towers that are part of Atlantis. Okay, so Bimini, he starts to talk about uh, Bimini, and like at about 1927, he starts to predict that that in 1968 and 1969, that part of Atlantis will be discovered. And so he goes into detail as to all the different halls of records that are around the world that having to do and pertaining to Atlantis. Okay. So, you know, go and read his book if you want to find out all it's extremely interesting and it's a lot, it's just, it's so many, it's so much information, but I'm trying to just get to a lot of the things to what we have right now. Anyhow, so 1927, uh, you know, 1968 and 69 roll around, and of course, sure enough, this man, this archaeologist, um, Joseph Mason and his team, they discovered the pathway. They discovered Binami. Um, later on, this um, Dr. Greg Little discovers more of the Bimini wall. We're going to talk about Dr. Greg Little in a little bit, but so it, and there it is. But before this, in 1970, you know, all of these people were out in Bimini looking for gold before all this happened with the wall. They were all looking for gold. They were looking for treasure. Um, and there was a gentleman who was a physician from San Diego. Um, and his name was Raymond Brown, and he was a treasure hunter. And so he that was his thing that he did on a spare time. So he goes out with his team one, uh, one year, and it's 1970, and he goes out looking for treasure at a particular area that he had not been to before that he came back from the previous year. He notices that the waters are different and things have shifted, that the, the sands underneath the water had shifted. So he goes under and he starts to see these structures. He starts to see rocks and he starts to see um, this whole side of the city. And in this, he sees like a, uh, a pyramid. He goes under this pyramid and he finds this. Now, there's a huge detail about what he finds in there. But anyways, there's a crystal in there. He pulls this crystal out. 
it's a crystal ball and he brings it back with him and um and then the tides and the the streams uh the way that it works that's because of the way that the um, ocean moves okay so they were only there for one night and they couldn't find it again because the sands had moved and they'd covered it up so this man brings this crystal back and he starts to test it and he has it tested by people and um it has a certain power and it bends things and all of that. I don't know what's happened for this man, but it starts to say that these are one of the crystals from Atlantis. So fast forward again, we're going to go back to um, this Bimini. So Bimini's discovered. Um, and as more people start to talk about it and they start to do more um discoveries around and now everybody's all excited and now everybody wants to find out more about this well they start to discover a well okay and this and this well was hidden uh during it's by these islets that are close to bimini and um these islets uh an overgrowth has was covering up a well that was dug and that was it had um like a rock formation in other words is somebody had built a well you know with rocks and all around it and so um they discover this well and it's clean water it's not ocean water and so people started bathing there and they started to notice that people for many many you know for centuries for you know for the past century the people who live on Bimini would go to this well and they would go in and they would and be get healed their skin would be healed or they would heal um you know if they were weren't feeling well they they just their recommendation was to go and go bathe in this water well come to find out is that they made this test on this islet um this well and in this well it had lithium and um this water had lithium and so a lot of this stuff is all in these kind of wells were um, very popular during the time of Greece and Rome. They would send people who would have illnesses, mental illnesses, uh, bipolar that we didn't, they didn't know the word bipolar, but who had, who suffered from very great depressions to go bathe in these kind of wells, the wells that had lithium. So, part of that it's the same kind of rock formations that are a part of that bimini wall so it's all one big uh i don't want to say structure but it's all one big area and this wall is a part of this i mean this well is a part of this wall so that was so that was another discovery that they made so um but the one that's really interesting that's that's come up lately and uh, so many things that are just amazing with this is there's uh, we're going to go back to Dr. Greg Little and his wife, Laura, who have been, uh, you know, doing this kind of work of underwater discovery, you know, underwater um, diving and all, doing all of this since 2003. And so they go out every year and they would go out and, you know, uh, do diving and they were just, at, you know, they were having fun and amateur and they start to read the, the 
readings of Edgar Casey, and so they start to really get more focused about it. And of course, uh, Greg discovers this this part of um, this other part of the Bimini Wall, and so that's a nice discovery. So he gets to he gets more excited, and he starts to want to do more. Um, and so they go back every year, and they little by little they start to discover more and more. So one year, and this is 2012, um, he's about they're about to uh, announce to uh, the other people who are divers and all that that they're going to go down to this one area in Bimini, and their whole purpose was to go find um, airplanes that had been crashed off of Bermuda. Okay, so they were they had been told that there is some um, remnants of airplanes down there. So that was their purpose. They were going to go down. They were going to, and there was this other couple. Then their name is um, Brown. Their last name is Brown, but it is um, their name is El uh, Christie and Elsie Brown. And these people, they live on Bimini, and they're divers, and they do excursions and all of that. So, anyways, they. Um, we're going to go down with this couple and they were going to go down and they're going to go look for all of these airplanes. So, but what happens is that two days before uh, Greg Little and his wife, Laura head down to the Bahamas, the Browns contact them and say, there's something here that you need to come down and see. There's, it's not an airplane. It's something completely different. This is like structure. These, these are something that no one has ever seen before. Well, this is 30 miles south of Bimini now. Okay, so they get down there, and it takes them 17 hours to get to this place. And when they get down there, they only have like two days because of the weather, right? And so they get down there, and they have about an hour, an hour and a half to go under and to start to look at this. So they they start to take pictures, they start to film, and by this time, by night by 2012, Greg and Laura Little are already documentarians, and they have photos, and they've been published, and National Geographic has had you know their uh, their footage, and so you know they're already established that their stuff is legitimate. So they start taking photos and that's all that they that they could do because they had to come back. So they come back 17 hours later, they start to look at it, they get excited, they come back the next year and they have two days. So they go down there for two days and they start to go, it gets more detailed. Um, and this time around, they it's a discovery of a partially of a city where it has columns and it's fluted columns like in Greece and in Rome. Um, and the interesting part that I, that I find find is that this is um, the structures, the, the stones are made of a sheet and that's, S H W E F T, and it's a particular quarry. It's a quarried rock. Okay, so this is not natural to the Caribbean. Um, it, they have found some in Jamaica, but it has not been quarried ever. Okay, um, and this kind of stone comes from, uh, you know, they've had stuff like 
this kind of stone in Malta. They have structures in Malta with this stone. They have structures in Greece and in Rome. And also in Norway, they have, they have mines of sheet. Centuries and centuries and centuries in the past, they have been mining this. So this particular rock, that's what this that these are what these stones are made out of out of this rock this quarried rock sheet and underwater it looks when they're underwater it's like purple and blue okay so there's like this brilliancy of purple and blue that that kind of takes over all of these rocks and all of these structures that they find plus which i found very interesting is that there's one column that has opals in the columns. So when the sun is shining, you see the opals that are that have been, um, I guess you could say, you know, put into these columns. Also, the other columns and the other stones that they found, these big stones, big stones have clear quartz. So when the sun shines and comes to shine down through the ocean, these rocks shine like they light up at this purple and blue color. So King film on it, and they start to do uh, more research on it. Of course, you know they're doing filming and they're shooting, and um, and so from what I understood is that they're thinking that this is the one of the halls of records, one of these temples, right, that they, that uh, Edgar Casey talked about. And so, it, you know, they put out a, a you know, a press release. And, a, you know, of course, I don't – it's like no one had really heard. And if I, – I, I particularly – I didn't hear about it, like, back in 2012. I just – you know, it's not something I heard. And it's not until I started to do this research that I really started to see more and more about what's all down there. Now, in the Hall of Records, if they have found, and I have not been my, and I didn't get to update myself as what has happened until now, but in these Halls of Records, there's what Edgar Casey said was that there are 32 stone tablets. And the 32 stone tablets are the history of humanity and the history as to how the Atlanteans came in and what and how they constructed their city and why were they there. And they talk about and there's going and they have instructions on how to create the firestone or the tweeny stone. And this stone is something that they created in order as to use as a weapon, you know, like a laser of some sort. Uh, but there's also a stone that was that they have that they talk about in there that is a, I guess you could say, like a star, uh, like a gateway of how the Atlanteans came through and um, cation between dimensions. So this is, you know, this is some interesting stuff. And I know a lot of you out there are like, okay, this is kind of weird. But no, you have to hear um, all of the evidence. It's it's very, very interesting. It's very interesting about all of what, what has happened here. So from what from the last thing that I heard is that they were still, that they couldn't give the location of this place. Um, 
that they were still diving for it. And see, you have to remember that this is not a place that you could go there and be there all year. It's only a certain time of the year that you can go there and that you can, um, uh, you know, go and find, have enough clarity to, you know, to do something with it, to photograph it, to do some kind of archaeology. So they only have a window of time. And interesting, too, uh, was that Dr. Litter was talking about was that um, they found nails, okay, nails, like square nails from a ship. And so he got very curious, and as he went back and he kept starting to do research, 1906, there's a ship, and back then the ships were still made out of wood, okay, and they their bottoms were the they were kind of more dragging, they were a dragging kind of a ship. So a ship gets runs into one of these rocks, and it's it tears off the bottom of this ship, and it it they you know they they can't it doesn't move and it doesn't sink because it got stuck on one of these huge rocks so it couldn't sink because it was like laying on this rock so these people go they they end up going back to this that you know they have this incredible story and they see these amazing stones with that are shining and this blue water and at first they don't see anything because it's it, it, you, you know it's all murky so they 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 get they finally get to this island and they have they get to the Bahamas and um so this uh, rescue it's like a tow truck, but you know, it's like they come out and they tow the the ships. So they go back out there and they take out all the wood and they take everything off and they they dismantle the ship, they put it back on, and they take it home, right? And so all of these nails are left that fell onto these blocks of. So that was part of the discovery that he made was that all of these nails were from that ship in 1906. It's, it's very interesting. It's fascinating. Um, so where is it now? I'm not sure. And it's kind of disappeared. It's, I was kept trying to find where, where, what has happened since then, since it's the discovery and is this the hall of records? Um, and what else is there? Well, from what I understand is that um, a temple like this is kind of like a lighthouse. It's kind of soul on its own there. It's not, it's it's just like a, a, a different, it's, yeah, it's kind of like a lighthouse, so to speak, that it's on its own and there isn't any other structures around it, but there would be something like a wall around it, you know, that would be, that you, that you could find something there like that. Um so it would be another part of Atlantis, so to speak. So Atlantis must have been huge. So anyways, um, I hope that I hope that I was able to give you more information about Bimini. And I, I found it very fascinating. And I encourage you to go out and uh, really start to take a look at this. And maybe some, at some point... Um, you know, Dr. Uh, Greg Little would be able to come on the show. It would be really, really fun to do this. Um, he, he could talk more about it and where is it now and, you know, what's the what's the latest 
on this discovery, which, by the way, is 530 feet long that, and 160 feet wide, which is huge. It's two football fields. Um, and this interesting thing about this rock, this sheet, that is only in certain parts of the world, and it's quarried, you know, so it's not like if it's a natural stone. So I, I um, fascinating, and I also um, am wondering why is it not more uh, publicized, and what has happened since then? And knowing that National Geographic is there, you know, they're always on to everything. So I kept trying to find something more on it, and I haven't as of yet. So anybody out there who's listening, if you have any more updates, please let me know. I would love to find out more uh, about this. You can contact me and contact us, Donna and myself, at um, lionsradionetwork.com, and I'd love to hear more about it. And, you know, give me a lead as to how I can get to know more about what's going on about this. This is fascinating. Um, I'm going to wrap this up. And I apologize in the very beginning for the mess up of the intro. That was um, uh, I'm having a little uh, Internet difficulty. And so I'm going to say goodbye. And next time you'll hear my uh, co-host and laughing partner, uh, Donna Lyons, uh, and we'll have a good time talking about something uh, that is interesting as well. I don't know yet, but tune back in because it'll always be fascinating when you come back and tune into the Mind Twist. So thank you for tuning in to us, and until the next time, thank you very much, and 